If Reality Check Radio enriches your day in life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives, and the dose of reality you won't get anywhere else. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate. You're on Reality Check Radio, Real Talk with Rodney Hype. Oh my goodness, when I was an MP, one of my favorite places to visit was Mount Hobson Middle School, which was right in the heart of Epsom, right in the heart of Remuer. And it was one run by Alwyn Paul and his wife, Karen. I think I've got the name right. Yes, Karen. Yes, yes. And it was a wonderful school. Well, when COVID came along, they started an online school. Now think about this. So many of us want to homeschool our children, but we're a bit scared. And so there's an online school that's sort of a halfway house and can hold your hand. And we're so lucky because we've got the principal of the online school joining us. Syra, have I got that right, Boyle? You have, you have. Perfect. Wow. Where does Syra come from? It's actually an Arabic name. My father is from Pakistan and my mum's British. How wonderful. Thank you. And you grew up in Britain? Yes, I did. I grew up in the um the northeast of the um of England and how long ago? In 2004, we packed up and um, took our children. We had two children and I was pregnant with a third. And we decided to have an adventure and we took a caravan around Europe and we stayed in France for a little while. And then when the third um, child was 10 months old, we decided to move to New Zealand. And part of the reason for that was because I'd heard so many amazing things about the education system in New Zealand. And it was well, a I hope you real... weren't disappointed. Was it well, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was actually really oh, impressed with the, the creativity that um can be afforded in our schools in New Zealand. And um, oh my goodness, well, I can see you that the listeners don't have the benefit of that, and you look so youthful to have children. Oh my goodness, that long ago. <laughs> Tell me it's just a good you're, I don't think of Pakistan as an Arabic country. No, it's not generally, but that's where the name comes from. That's the, I see. That's the name, Arabic name, yeah. Sarah, how wonderful. Are your mum and dad still with us? Yes, they are. They are. They're in England. How wonderful. Oh, my goodness. Now, tell us the name of your school. So the school is Mount Hobson Academy. And as you said in the introduction, the school has been around a number of years and it's morphed and changed over the years. And um more recently, when I joined the school, or I was sort of becoming interested in joining the school towards the end of 2021, there was an online um, part of the school that was being opened, but also there was the on-site part of the school that was in the heart of the city. And um, I've been with the school two years now, and it's moving into 2024, we will be 100% online. My goodness. I have to tell listeners about... Um... Mount Hobson Middle School, as I knew it. It was in a house. Alwyn and his wife would teach there. And yes. I was went there, and I met an, a colleague from former years that I hadn't seen for years, for, year, for years. And we were so excited to see each other that we went off to have a coffee. And I said, tell me about this school. Her son had been labelled a dunce. Mm. And um, stupid and wasn't doing at all well at school. And she got, you know, like mothers do when your son is getting badly labeled. Mm -hmm. She got her feathers in a twist and enrolled him 
at some considerable difficulty financially at Mount Hobson Middle School, he was top student there. Yes, yes. To me, to me, that is earth shattering. Mm. That he was this kid, so good, sitting in a school labelled stupid, goes off to a different school and absolutely thrived, didn't just flourish, became number one. Lovely, lovely kid. Oh, my mm. goodness. That would be 20 years ago now, you know. He'll be doing something amazing. So it was a, it, it's it's amazing what can happen to in a school for our children. Definitely. Most certainly. And that's something that is really, um, it's been a passion of mine to make sure that all students are able to access the curriculum and to thrive in in ways um, that suit them. And I've been in education, um, I think over 26 years now or around 26 years in the UK and in New Zealand in primary and in secondary I'm secondary trained, but my um, two principalships before Mount Hobson were in primary schools. And one of the things that was becoming notably more clear to me was the fact that the system, the system I love, I love the system. I don't want to, um, you know, downgrade or put down the school system. But there is something about the system and the way our kids are developing nowadays that doesn't align well for all students. Mm. And there are so many students, a growing number of students, Rodney, who um, have beautiful brains, really clever kids. But for some reason, it's really difficult for them to be able to present what they're capable of in mm. in the regular school mm. system and that's one of the things that I absolutely love about Mount Hobson Academy and the fact that I've had the opportunity to lead in a different school in a school that's online and set up in a in a different way because I can see there is a need for something um different for many many students and um just the results from our students as well as seeing their confidence grow is evidence that there is something different needed now. You may be able to help us because we've had teachers and principals on our show and we have bad-mouthed our school system and our curriculum and said it's not doing a good job in the basics of reading, writing, and arithmetic. And we've compared it and we get this commonly from friends and relatives to the UK, where the kids seem to be well advanced of here in New Zealand. Mm. And then we've had principals and teachers come on who have taught in England and they've come back here and said, oh my gosh, we're so far behind. And yet here you are saying how wonderful it is to be teaching in New Zealand and what a great system it is. I imagine this is a contest of philosophies of teaching, is it? What? What? Why do you think that? And the common feel amongst parents is that we're slipping behind the UK. Yeah, I think uh, it's a challenging discussion point because I think it's hard to generalise. And I also think having lived in the UK for most of my life and then having lived in New Zealand for around 20 years now, um, the culture of the country and what we deem as important for people 
is very different from, you know, we're both English speaking countries, but the culture of the country is very different in mm. terms of how we operate. And therefore, when I first got here with my young children, I did think, um, yikes, the kids are not going to be pushed as hard. They're not going to be um, studying as much or at as high a level. And when I was teaching um, students in the UK compared to when I was teaching students here, then they were older in terms of what I was covering here with what I would cover in the UK. But then, it, you know, having observed the system for a number of years from the inside, I could also see that New Zealand places a huge emphasis. And I I don't know whether England does this now because I haven't been there for a while, but I can see that New Zealand places a huge emphasis on the whole child and developing across um, a holistic approach. And when I first was in New Zealand schools, it took me a little while to actually be able to observe and notice that. But then I could see the huge benefits that came from that because I'd be working with younger, with younger colleagues who had amazing confidence and could speak beautifully and um, just had more of a wholesome, rounded approach than the competitive approach that I'd experienced in the UK. However, I would say that over the last 10 years or so, um, there has been maybe a like a decline, I suppose, in the number of students achieving in the core subjects um, and an increase in the number of learners with specific needs. And I, like I, I personally put that down to, I think there's a lot of pressure being put on our teachers and the, the role of the teacher seems to be growing and growing and growing, which means teaching and learning in those core areas is not the key priority. It's being spread across, which is stretching our teachers and putting a lot of pressure and stress on our teachers. And that is bound to have an impact, I think. There must be, too, such a diversity in family life and parenting approaches that teachers are having to deal with. I mean, there are some highly dysfunctional families and, and they tend to congregate in you know, communities and therefore schools. Uh, there are parents who seem to be too busy to particularly look after their kids and sort of throw money their way at the other end. And then there, there are parents who are really intense. <laughs> it's, I observe all this because I've now got primary school age uh, kids. Yes. And I'm sort of astonished. You know, you go and watch a game of nine-year-olds playing rugby and it's like an all-black test for some of these <laughs> parents, right? <laughs> yeah. And I sort of feel for teachers because, you know, they expect Johnny and Mary to be top of the class and yeah. heading off to university and being Albert Einstein. And they have such a high expectation of their kids' achievement, you know, when obviously most kids settle around the average. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So mm -hmm. across this... When I was growing up in the 60s, it was more monocultural, more mono-view. Everyone was pretty much the same. Mm. And compared to now, so you're dealing with a lot of family background and family situations when the kids turn up to school, right? Mm. Yes, yeah, most certainly. And I think... I have empathy for parents because obviously I've got my own three children who've had their, um, you know, successes and challenges in education. And 
I was one of those parents who was really pushy and constantly knocking on the door and advocating for my kids. So to be honest, Rodney, I I welcome that. And I say to any new parents, whether it was in my on-site school or the um, online school, you are the advocate for your child. And it's really important that you do speak out because quite often it might be a minor little thing that then is not dealt with or it drags on and on and on. So it becomes a bigger thing and a bigger worry for parents. I think Mm. parents are under a lot of pressure because, you know, with the cost of living there, most families, both of the adults are out working. Um, yes. And they're juggling childcare, juggling school, trying to be the best parents they can possibly be. And um, I think parent partnership in schools is really important. But I think the online school in particular has given us a real amazing platform to be able to partner really authentically with our families. Because every day we are in their lounge or dining room or sometimes in the kids' bedrooms and they're yeah. in our homes too. And, you know, it it's not well, very tell often. Us, tell us about the school because I'm so excited about it and I was just getting that sort of throat clearing out of the way of who we are and your philosophy, but this school sounds so exciting. And someone emailed me through the radio station and said, you know, it's been so amazing because their daughter is, I think it was a daughter, was in the online school and has friends all over New Zealand and goes and visits them. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so tell me how you set it up how it runs how it works what it costs uh the pitfalls the pluses you just give your best explanation and i'll shut up (laughs) thank you you can interrupt and ask questions whenever you like but um it's i've been blown away by um the opportunities that the online school has given to children i think i i kind of i came into it serendipitously i wasn't looking for um, a change from the on-site school. So I just want to get that really clear because it's not that I'm some real tech, um, you know, techie person who's promoting online or anything like that. I was given an opportunity at a time that I needed to do something different and came into the online space. And my only other experience of education in the online space was that of lockdown learning. And that Mm. wasn't something that I particularly um, enjoyed. We made it work and we did well for our kids, but it wasn't something that had sort of was a passion of mine. And being in school with kids was and supporting staff to teach the kids well was where my heart sat. So I came into this online space and was a little bit sort of, you know, wondering, well, how will this work? Will it work well? And honestly, I'm absolutely astounded with, how well it does work for our students and um, the fact that there are more and more students in our schools who could benefit from something like this. So we have two arms of the school. The first arm of the school is the teacher-led arm of the school, and that's where students are in classrooms online. We use um, Microsoft 365 and we use Teams as a platform. And so the kids have a timetable and they come online every day. And for different subjects, they're in different classes with different subject specialist teachers. We've got really great quality staff who um, really care about one another. They care about the school and they most importantly, they care about the students and their learning. Um, Before lunchtime, there are four blocks of learning for the students. 
three of which will be in a core a subject, in a curriculum subject area, and one is an independent project time. So they get some time away from the screen to work on their projects. We make sure that we do have brain breaks in between each um, class so that, again, we're focusing on making sure that students get up and move away from the screen. And, um, you know, we teach them about well-being. We teach them about how to manage their time and manage their screen time and their wellness and so on. Um, we have a project-based curriculum, which means um, all of the students study from year one to ten. They study projects every term. And those projects are designed amazingly based on really good quality um, education theory. And what I see is that the combination of the students being online and studying with our projects means that learners as young as um, eight, nine, ten-year-old learners are really taking, they're taking ownership of their own learning. They manage their timetable really well. They're managing their time well. They manage um, their work output because they we use our platform to turn in their work. So ed, ed, all their work is done digitally. Some of it they might want to handwrite work or um, do something practically, and they'll take photographs for the teacher and put that on a digital um, mm-hmm. a digital platform to to turn that into us. So I've noticed that because the teacher is not in the room with the students, the students have to step up and they do step up so they're not mollycoddled as much you know they're really they're stretched and they really rise to the occasion which is amazing I I actually teach um nine blocks a week so I firsthand as a principal and a teacher um in the school I know that it really works the other thing that I think is fabulous for the students is we keep our class sizes under 15 Obviously, we're in a growth phase of the school, so you know we have to make sure that um, we're balancing resources and and our theory around keeping classes under fifteen. But every child feels like they're in the front row because as I'm talking to you here now via this Zoom meeting, I'm talking directly to you. And if there were another three people in the meeting, they would feel I was talking directly to them. And that's exactly how the students feel. They they form really good quality relationships with the teacher and with each other. So we, um, because we're on teams, the students can message. So sometimes I might have a class where I have a more quiet student or a, a, um, a shyer student. And if I'm talking to them about sharing their learning, they can message me privately and ask a question. Mm. So mm. in a regular classroom, they have to put their hand up. They feel self-conscious. Mm. Also, a lot of the time, those quieter students don't put their hand up and then they tend to disappear into the background. In the online school, the, the students really take ownership and they they will message their teachers privately and you know say, oh, can you help me with this? And or, I suppose kids these days have quite good keyboard skills. They do. They do. And we see, you know, with some of the younger students, Rodney, when they come on board, they are slower with their typing and they are, it takes a little bit longer for them, but it amazes me how quickly they pick it up. So the 15 in a class maximum, which is amazing. Yes. The teachers themselves, they're at home, they're in their home. 
They are, yes, yeah, they are. They can and, teach anywhere, and the students can be. We've had students who have gone on family holidays. There was two wee boys who we've got their brothers. They're in the Gold Coast, and they had this beautiful hotel room with the window, the view of you know the coast, and they were sitting in the class. Their parents made sure they came to class in the morning. Wonderful. So yeah, so yes, we teach from home mostly, but you know, I might be teaching from somewhere else depending on where I am I've I've had meetings and things in Wellington previously and taught from the airport so there's there's real flexibility for the students the families and for the teachers around that but mostly from home and I suspect you may have had a good pool of teachers to draw from because teachers were mandated out of the schools if they refused the jab that's true and so as a result we had an excellent pool to draw from and high quality staff. Um, All of our teachers are amazing. They're committed. They have really taken on new learning with, you know, a steep new learning curve with them learning the online platforms and so on. But I'm working with an amazing team of people who I really, really value. Um, Do the teachers like teaching online? Yes, they do. They do. Most certainly, because it's different. It's it's very different to lockdown learning, which was a response to a, an emergency. This is planned, it's deliberate, and it's designed to engage learners. Um, and so I know, you know, we're constantly looking for ways to um, make it more exciting, make it more um, engaging, but they do, they're committed to the online approach for sure. When I was, I don't want to talk myself up here, but when I was Associate Minister of Education, I got shown around um, by the ministry and by the runners of the online school, the Exclusive Brethren's online school. Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not. No, I'm oh, not. How interesting. So this would be 2009, 10, and the Exclusive Brethren had long had an idea of setting up their own school system, but of course they were distributed around New Zealand. And, um, oh my goodness, the Ministry of Education, they kept it a bit quiet, but they'd had a team that were working on how to do it online, mm-hmm. and they helped them set it up. And, oh my goodness, it was very funny because these businessmen ran it. They had no religious instruction in the school, by the way, and not one of the teachers or principals was a brethren because they said, Mm -hmm. we do our biblical studies at home. So it was completely secular. Yes. But what was amazing about it was these businessmen, and they had charts and graphs, and um, I had never come anything across anything like it in my life Um, back in 2009-10. Um, I wonder how that's going. And here you are. Here we are so much further ahead with the technology and the understanding of it. And you're doing uh, likewise. Tell me, um, can, how young can a, a student enroll in this school? So we're from five-year-olds. In wow. year one. Yeah, in year one up to um, year 13. So it's approximately 18-year-olds. So we, you like I said, we... Yes, we do. We do. We've got an amazing junior teacher and she actually stayed at my house for a week um, this year and I observed her teaching and I just said it's outstanding. I've never seen such amazing teaching. The students are 
thoroughly engaged. There's a beautiful partnership between the parents and the students and the school teacher, which shows me, I mean, all the theory in in education out there promotes parent partnership, the ministry promote parent partnership, and it it really does work, and we are seeing it work. Um, You know, many students in schools are, are not engaged and as we know, the attendance figures are are really sad for our young people at the moment. That's you know the attendance is really low across New Zealand schools. We have really high attendance, really high engagement, and um, great parent partnership. We we also um, support the building of our relationships because every term we try to have um, a, an opportunity for people to meet up or get together in person. Wonderful. Um, we have school camps and next year we're going to have community days so the community can actually get together and as well and the parents can make connections and it's lovely we had we just had um our prize giving last thursday and a lot we had over 100 people gathered in auckland for the prize giving to celebrate the learning that had taken place this year but we also had the people who couldn't come to auckland they zoomed in. Uh, they came in via Teams meetings, and it was it was such a beautiful celebration. And what my teachers often say to me when we get together like that, they stop and they say, "Just listen." And they love hearing the laughter and the kids, you know, just watching the kids connect. So, mm. a lot of parents when they call me cry. No, oh, my the parents when they call to inquire about the school often say. Um, they ask lots of questions about curriculum and classes and how the school runs. But then usually the last question they ask is about social. You know, what about my child's social? And I say that I've learned for most children, this the on-site school works. But there are a growing number of children who it doesn't work for. And those young people often have their worst social experiences in school. And you yes. think, you know, as adults, we go to work and if, if we don't fit, we move, we go somewhere else. But for our kids, quite often they're stuck there and having to maneuver these challenging relationships. Now, what I've noticed with the online school, they create beautiful relationships in the online space. But then when they meet, it's like they're meeting a long lost friend or a long lost family mm. member. They just mm. connect so so marvelously. It's it's lovely to see. And even I suppose even us as staff, when we get together with our colleagues, you know, there's lots of hugs and celebration of being together. And at the end of one of our camps, I asked a few different students when I was sort of talking to them um, about what they prefer in the online space. And one of our young boys who was probably 12 at the time said to me he preferred the online school because um because they don't see each other all day every day when they do connect they're more respectful of each other and they get along better which i thought was marvelous coming from one of the students another student who was in year 10 another boy actually said to me he preferred the online school because there was less time wasted he could literally wake up you know, open up his laptop, sitting in bed, eating his breakfast, and he's straight into class. And there's there's not all of the extras that can often happen in um, you know, your regular school. And stressful and getting kids, kids like that. Getting kids to school can be stressful. Yes, yeah. My God, I know that. Now, you said that they have these floor blocks in the morning. Yes. What happens in the afternoon? 
Is that it, the it, four blocks? No, 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 no. In the afternoon, they also, so in the morning, it's from the um, the course curriculum subject areas. And in the afternoons, they um, have health and PE. They have art lessons. Um, and they also have music lessons. There's also no for one. You can yeah, learn music. You can learn music on Zoom. Yes, yeah. And art. Yes. I can't imagine yeah. it. It's beautiful. Some of, the, some of the music and the art that's produced is outstanding. We also have a block in the afternoon, which is a community service block. So um, students are expected to give back in their local community. And we've had some students doing some amazing things like volunteering in um, hospices or volunteering in um, writing for the disabled, for example, or just simple things like in their own you know, their home for the younger students. We also have a community learning block and the community learning block is where if the project that the student's studying is based around architecture, we might get an architect to come in and speak to the students about what it's like firsthand. So um, it's it's really varied in the afternoons. We also have students who um, are really passionate about certain things. So we've got students who are passionate about horse riding, students who are passionate about mountain biking. And so we give them opportunities in that afternoon time to fulfill their passion if that's when their clubs and so on are running things so they can mm. have flexibility around passion in the in the afternoon. Are parents varied? Are some parents hovering in the background? Um, um steering over their son or daughter's shoulder, looking online to what's happening. And are there some parents who literally throw Johnny in the room and shut the door and head off to work for the day? Um, I, I think life is varied and it's varied for our parents at Mount Hobson as well. For the younger students, um, there tends to be a parent sitting just off screen who will sometimes, you know, ask a question if, if the child needs help. But what we're doing is trying to grow the independence of the young person. So the parent might be there to help them if they have to change platforms, for example, from a reading platform to a maths platform, and they're not sure how to manipulate that at the age of six or seven or eight. But as the student becomes more independent, you can see that the parents back off a little bit more and you might just see a parent walk past the door, you know, behind mm. student, mm. but you know that they're there. For our older students, sometimes parents are at work, um, but they still have close partnership with us in terms of, you know, the, the teacher contacting to make sure that everything's okay. We can also, we have a cameras on policy. So all students, whether they're in year one or year 13, they have to have their cameras on. And we expect a level of engagement and we we communicate really closely with parents if we feel like that engagement could be better. And mm. usually um, usually it's improved. I don't know if you can hear my puppy in the background. <laughs> yeah, we can, but it's lovely. <laughs> Tell me, what is the typical reason for parents choosing to school online or number of, or the reasons and what's yeah. the sort of profile of the students like uh, they're obviously not going to be like everyday students so tell me about that well, surprisingly, they are. It's lovely and it's refreshing. We we um we have a wide variety of reasons. So there may be um young people whose parents 
don't want them in the state school and want to opt out and have a private education and something a little bit more alternative. We have students who live rurally and they want a quality education. So they've chosen our school because they don't have to travel or put their put their young people in boarding to be able to come to our school. They can be still be at home rural. Um, it may be that um, parents are... Um, I'm trying to think what else so I've said. Um, it could also be that parents... I've gone blank, sorry. Well, I can <laughs> no. tell you, I would come to, it's come back. I would come to you as a parent and I would say, I've had it up to here. <laughs> There's a bit of that. Transgenderism being stuffed down my kids' throats when I don't think it's true. I think sex is a real binary thing. I understand all the funny things that we can do as human beings. But this trends, this idea that you identify as a boy or a girl to me is insane. And I think it's destroying of kids. I'm also sick to the back teeth of endless Maori. I think it's a wonderful culture. I think it's indigenous culture. I think it's very important to study it. But I'm sick of it being like 50% of what my kids do. Now, they would be my concerns for why I would homeschool and why I would choose an online school. Tell me, would you rescue me from those two things? <laughs> it's very political. Um, we do. We Some of our families have those um, issues with school and the system, and they're very happy at Mount Hobson Academy. Great. We also have um, students who may not have been confident at school or they've lost their confidence and we also have students who have anxiety and those students come to us and they really grow and flourish some of whom have actually gone back into the regular system and yeah it is and for us we were sad to lose those students and we're always sad to lose um, those students but it's also a great win because it shows that we've done something really amazing to build them mm. and allow them to mm. go off and explore so it could mm. be um, students who are non-attenders we also have students with neurodiverse needs so students who may have um autism or um other other specific needs that in a larger classroom with a large stimulus it's really challenging for them to be able to focus on their learning and so um those students often do very very well in the online space now, you said at the start, I believe, that there were two ways of going about this. Is there a sort of second area that the online school does, or did I misunderstand? No, there is. Sorry, I didn't finish that bit off. So we've got the teacher-led side of the school, and then we've got the parent-led side of the school. And that's more like the hybrid between homeschool and schooling. So ah. if you're in the parent-led side of the school, we will provide the project-based curriculum. The parent-led side of the school only goes to year 10, and that's where the parents are supported um, with an academic manager who is a registered teacher and she supports them to unpack our curriculum, to teach the students and to look at what the outcomes are that they're producing and to help with the assessment and so on. So that's like I've decided to homeschool, but I don't know where to start. 
Yes. And I enroll and I get that hand holding and you walk me through the curriculum and send me through the resources. Yes. Yes, exactly. How wonderful. Yeah. Now, is it rude in a public forum to ask you how much this would cost me? Not at all. Not at all. Our, um, for the older students, it's 10000 a year in the teacher-led and for um, the parent-led side of the school, it's $3,000 at the moment. And the younger ones are cheaper or dearer? Uh, a little bit cheaper, yeah. So 10000 and 4000 did I hear that correctly? Three. Ten three. and three. Yeah, Ten and that's and for oh, high wow. quality, yeah, high quality private education. It's pretty competitive. Yes, it's very competitive for older kids. And um, and you don't have to buy a uniform. That's right. Or travel. Yeah, travel as well. And do all those other things. Yeah. Um so is there a discount if you have lots and lots of kids? There is a discount if there are more children from one family, yes. How wonderful. Have you had kids that you've had to expel? No. <laughs> no. Is I think that right? they, yeah, they, they they come to school, they're engaged, they're happy. Is you know, that we, true? Yeah, young people are young people. We might need to remind them to put the camera on. We might need to remind them, um, you know, to – well, that's about it, really. I'm thinking – reminding them to put the camera on is usually – um, you know, sometimes with some of the younger students, we remind them to be respectful of one another. But they're they're actually amazing. You, I was astounded to see how quickly the students adapted to being online, and I think it's their world. I really do. It's 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 part of their world. It's how they live. It's how they operate. It's very normal for them. I think it's more the older people like ourselves who find it intriguing or or different because it's not how we've been raised. You know, they, mm. they use the online space for so many things that it's actually quite normal for them to just have their teaching and learning online too. You know, sometimes mm. we do yoga, sometimes we do different kinds of exercises with them. So there's, we do meditation online. There's lots and lots of really fun things that we do. Oh, it's so exciting. Um, how does it go? You've got 15 students. And some of the kids that are coming in there are going to be kids that school didn't fit because they're very, very, very bright. Actually, like yeah. my friend's uh, son, who was the dunce at the school until he hit yes. Hobson. Um, and then you're going to have kids that are actually genuinely slow and struggle. Mm -hmm. How does that work for the pace of the teaching in a class of 15? Yeah, I, it's, again, I don't want to sound like so positive, but it, it, the, the one of the classes that I teach have students exactly as you've described in there. And what I've noticed is we have not um, put students into groups, like we haven't grouped them according to ability. We haven't... Um, sort of label them in terms of where they're at and because they're studying the project-based curriculum I've noticed that it's it the the way the the way the projects are designed all students can be stretched and there are some students in my class who I think if they were at a regular school they might get lost in the system or they might have to go for um extra support and so on and then they start to self-fulfill that prophecy but because they're in the online 
space and they're looking at the projects which are fast paced. They know they've got a certain length of time to complete their projects. The teachers help them through it. And they also have a an assessment rubric, which we teach them how to use from year five upwards. Now, these are assessment rubrics that a lot of students only get to look at when they get to NCA level and they're looking at the rubrics for their um, their credits. The students become um, full of self-belief and because they're full of self-belief, they are achieving more. Mm. And we've got parents who are telling us this, that their young people are learning more, learning faster and more engaged than they have been previously. So in terms of the pace, we stick to the pace in, to, to deliver the projects, to support the learners. The learners get individual support because obviously they're, um, they're a smaller class size, so we can do that. But for me, the differentiation is by outcome. So what the students produce as an outcome will differentiate from that student who's going on um, above and beyond and for the yeah. student who's sort of meeting the need. But in my in my professional opinion, I'm seeing students who are stretching themselves further with the support of parents at home too, because there's that tight partnership. Yeah. And the outcomes they produce are so amazing that they have that self-belief and self-efficacy, and therefore it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If I'm 10 years old and I'm in the online school and I'm doing these four blocks, do I have a different teacher for each block? mostly so um they have a subject specialist teacher for each area but for example i teach um english and i teach technology so uh 10 year old class have me for two of those areas so they'll have they have me for english three times a week and for technology three times a week but there are other subjects it's a different teacher three times a week and how do you do things like handwriting they practice their handwriting in a, um, a book and then they take a photograph and they will um, send it. They'll attach it onto a PowerPoint or a Word document and then their teacher can give them feedback from that. They also can do things like angle their cameras so the teacher can actually see how they're handwriting. Um, and we're also looking at different technology that we could potentially hook into so that the, the students write on the screen and the teacher can see how they're forming their letters and so on. So that's part of our progress. Do you think it's going to continue to grow? Yes, I think it is. I think we need to um, be more known. So I think it's important to get the word out and let people know that we do exist and that um, there are, you know, there's many benefits from an online school for many, many students. And I think we will continue to grow definitely because there is a need. There's nothing different out there. You know, most on-site schools, it's pretty much a classroom, a teacher, maybe the furnishings change, maybe their philosophy or their values change. And like I say, for most students, that works. But there are a growing number of students who need something different and we are offering something different and it works. It works beautifully. Do you follow the terms of a traditional school? In what way? How, what do like you mean? Like you have term one, term two. Term oh, the terms. Two. Yes. Yes, we do. We have terms. Well, because we're a private school, um, we have a three-week break in the middle of the year, which a lot of private schools do. But, yeah, we follow the same pretty much the same timings for our terms. Mm. And 
what about programs like Mathletics that are online programs for teaching maths? Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but there was a I've seen an online program for teaching kids comprehension yes, we, and reading. Yeah, we, we use some of those resources, and um, Rodney, we've got we use Sunshine Classics for our readers for the younger students because there's online journals and activities on there. We use Study Ladder, which is an amazing resource which is used in in regular schools. Um, we also use Education Perfect for the older students, which again is a great online platform, and it just works. It works really seamlessly with us because we're already online, and it's just great resources for the um, students to support in their classrooms. Presumably, too, you can, as principal, you can sort of enter any classroom and check how it's going without anyone yes. knowing. Well, they would see me arrive mostly. Okay. <laughs> but, yes, I can. I can pop in, um, but they usually would see me come in. You know, it's, it's, we would see somebody else if they joined this Zoom meeting um, but that's okay. We, you know, there are times when I've dipped in and out of different classes, and it's they're very welcoming and it's quite lovely. We also on a um, on a Friday, the year one to ten students, we have an assembly. It's such a lovely time of the week because they all come together. And if you think back to when you were in school, Rodney, and when I was in school, assemblies were very much the principal was at the front and everybody sat in rows and they were quiet and you know it was one person speaking but the online space is so collaborative so you know I can be talking and talking about the value for next week and then a student might chip in and add to that and it's it's lovely it's really really good fun and we sing the national anthem even though our internet speeds are all different and it makes it sound um you know not as tuneful as it might if we were all in person, but they're so respectful and it's so much fun. We dress up every week. There's a theme every week and people rock up to the assembly dressed up. And I think all of those things help to build relationships. We also have older students who might write stories and then go and read them to the younger students in their classroom. So we visit each other in different online classrooms as well. So it's it's good. It's good. Really so good you fun. came to this through serendipity. Yes. And you've become passionate and a great advocate. Yes, yes, most certainly. And I think if I'm very happy here and I want to stay here and I want to see this grow because I want to offer something that meets the needs of the students and young people in New Zealand who are not having their needs met in our regular schools. And that's not a criticism of the school or the school leadership. It's just how it is. We need something different. The world has changed. But if I was to ever go back into a regular school, I would be looking for ways, when I say regular school, I mean on-site school, I would be looking for ways that I could organize my resources so that we could offer something like this to mm. those students in that school who would need it because it's it's really powerful. It's a powerful way to connect learners. It's really modern. It's, it, you know, it's really contemporary. Mm. We We do have students, we have... Two girls recently, for example, I think they're 11. They saved up money. They worked out how much it would fly. It would cost to fly one from the north right down to the South Island. Um, and they halved the amount of money. So they saved up and they paid, the, both of them paid for one student to fly all the way down to visit the other student and spend some time together. Now, how's that? That's just... It's amazing. At 11 Beautiful. years old, most kids would be relying on parents to 
to guide them. And obviously parents helped and supported, but I just think it's amazing. Yeah. Do some parents uh, through this go from the full online school to having the parental help option? I don't know what you call that now. Parent-led, yeah. Parent-led option. Or do uh, do some go the other way? Is your swapping between the two? Both, yes. So we've had students who joined us in the parent-led arm of the school who've come over to um, the teacher-led and we've had students who've joined teacher-led who've moved over to parent-led. For example, we had one student who was, um, you know, struggling a little bit with her own challenges, and she went over to parent-led for a couple of terms and then came back to teacher-led. Mm. So it's definitely interchangeable. And that's no problem for you? Not at all. No, nothing's a problem. You know, we we design... I'd love to hear that. <laughs> it's not, and that's what's lovely about it. We If... If we have a student who comes in, for example, in year 12 and they need a particular set of credits, they don't have to study NCA year by year. They might, we can design bespoke courses for them. So they might be able to do it sooner or they might be able to take a longer period of time than one year if they need. But we're able to do that, I think, because we don't have constraints and we, we really like to look for flexible and creative ways to meet the need of each learner. Well, Syrah Boyle, it sounds absolutely wonderful. Um, I can't imagine how much fun this would be and how exciting it would be for kids. Mm. If I'm a parent or a grandparent listening, how do I find out more? Um, you can go to our website. So uh, if you were to Google Mount Hobson Academy, the website will come up. Online, it's still known as Mount Hobson Middle School. But you can, um, yeah, check out the website. Our phone numbers are on the website. You can email me at s.boyle at mthobson.school.nz. And um, I will reply to you and give you all the information you need. Why don't you because people are now running around to get their pencils. <laughs> Give us your email again, Sarah. No problem. So my email address is s.boyle, B-O-Y-L-E, at M-T, for Mount, mounthobson.school.nz. So you can check out our website at Mount Hobson Academy, or you can email me and I will get back to you immediately. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. And you've seen a bit of a shiver down my spine because I imagine for so many children that I know, and I'm thinking of myself growing up, yeah. I hated every minute I was at school. Mm, mm. I detested it. Mm. And it wasn't because anything bad happened to me. I just didn't like the behavior, the kids, the teachers, the sitting in the classroom. Yeah, And I was a bright little kid who did nothing. And I was... When I look back on it, I was scared of school. Yes, something yes. I always felt that I'd get into trouble, and I just wanted to be home with mum. Yeah, yeah. One of my and own that, that was me when I was twelve. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it funny? And I um, I couldn't even learn because I was sort of so mortified yes. by the whole prospect of it. It just the whole yeah. thing to me seemed wrong, and I never understood. I'd do it but I never understood sitting in a classroom and a teacher up there. And then 
The other thing I found was just go over and over and over the same stuff. Mm. And then this constant stopping because someone was misbehaving. Yes, and, yes. Um, in those days, teachers would throw chalk at you or they'd never <laughs> throw chalk at me. Yeah. But they'd throw chalk at someone in the class and I'd be the kid most upset by it. Yes. The kid that got the chalk, it didn't bother him. Yes. Me, I'd be just mortified that this behavior was I just never seen behavior like that. So I can imagine, oh my goodness. Well, there you have it. That was Syra Boyle. What a wonderful teacher and principal. And you have an online school that you can join. You can have it parent-led or student-led. You can swap between the two as your circumstances change or your students' needs change. And I think for I know for one of my kids might be just perfect because the commitment to homeschool is a bit much at times. Yes. You can find out more about that by going to the webpage. What was the webpage again, Sarah? If you Google Mount Hobson Academy, we will come up. It'll come there up as go. Mount Hobson. Google Mount yeah. Hobson Academy and you will find the school. Thank you for the time this That's morning. Great. I just imagine you have so much fun. And it's good to see that you're not teaching in your pajamas. <laughs> Some days we do, if it's dress up day. <laughs> <laughs> if it's dress up day. Because yeah. you can sort of imagine, oh, I've got to go to school today. Oh, well, I'll just yeah. go along and uh, um, you're, well, you're well dressed. Yeah. Okay, Sarah, thank you so much and good luck. Thank and you. If you ever have the need and you've got things to say, I would welcome you back. Thank you so much, show. Rodney. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much. Mm. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You're on Rally Check Radio, Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Uh, my goodness, what a great idea. And well done, Al and Paul and Karen Paul, for setting this up for both for teachers and for parents through the COVID years. And what an opportunity uh, and another, what's the word, option uh, for your kids' schooling. Uh, to take care of. You can send me a text at 2057 with your thoughts and ideas. Email me inbox at radleycheck.radio and you know how much I like hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in to RCR, Reality Check Radio. Do you like what you're listening to or dislike what you're listening to? Either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057. That's 2057. Or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We'd love to hear from you, so connect with us today.